Splash Splash Meat Suits. Welcome back to Read It and Weep, a podcast that used to be about books. I'm your host, Alex Falcone, recording today in North Koreatown, Los Angeles. I want to thank a couple of Meat Buddies really quick before we get started today. Both Jordan and Adam moved over to our new Patreon campaign. Jordan's been supporting the show for a couple years, and Adam has been with us since 2015. This is Adam's second move to a new payment processing system for us, so... I can't wait for you to continue to follow us around as we seek an actually good way to do this. Um, if you guys would like to join Adam and Jordan and help keep us limping down the tracks, you can go to metreon.com. And we really appreciate everyone who helps support the show. Let me introduce you to our panel for today. It's a it's a wet one, you guys. Uh, first up in Southeast Portland, he's at Anthony Lopez. Part two on Twitter, it's Mr. Anthony Lopez. Hey, excited to be here. Uh, you know, up for air and drying off. Just, gonna, <laughs> just try to sun dry and. Uh, you got your uh, you got your branded jacket with the name of the planet you hoped you arrived on already embroidered on your sleeve. Yeah, and I asked for a Canadian patch. That's just a thing for me, though. I just don't want people to know. I thought that was weird how often they mention Canadian things on the show, but it's a Canadian show, so I understand it makes more sense because that is a um, the entertainment industry there has a little bit of a chip on its shoulder. Yeah, it's they they stargate into places with good tax breaks. <laughs> Randomly, and there's there's it's. I mean, if we're gonna send a group of people to ancient civilizations that speak English, we should send Canadians. Yeah, I mean, don't you hate when you're watching something and it's like, that's not Atlantis, that's Toronto. Come on. <laughs> I know. You're not it's always cool. Toronto. Oh <laughs> I've seen underwater civilizations. This is above ground. This is a normal, dry <laughs> Canadian city. Um, also joining us, speaking of uh, uh, Canadian dry... No, nah, that doesn't make any sense. Um... Sometimes I start a thing and hope it'll wrap up before I get to the end of the sentence, and that time it didn't left that one wide open. Anyway, he's at Hunbun on Letterboxd from the woods of Arkansas. It's the very dry Mr. Hunter Donald. Hey, Hunter! Hunter! I'm so excited to hear from you again. It's it's you and the devil. Yeah, just me and the devil. Sorry, I noticed that a tendency for me to throw my accent on whenever you introduce me and then immediately get out of it. So I've just it's just gotten worse lately. Yeah, okay, you try a different uh, tact. No, 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 is this, what, did I sound weird? What was the, what do you mean? That's his full accent. That is 100%. <laughs> Here, here's here's uh, me normal. Uh-huh. And here's my accent. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's, I mean, doesn't it sound like Bill Clinton himself just stepped yeah. on the podcast? That's how, that's how Bill Clinton does it, like, Howdy, y'all, I'm yeah. Bill Clinton. <laughs> everyone said he you know it was really uh he really spoke to people i don't know if that i don't understand it i don't see it. i feel your pain <laughs> you guys that is a topical reference let me bring in our <laughs> final panelist today at phoebe bottoms on soch um in connecticut now right well uh, i'm phoebe bottoms. in transit to connecticut on my way you are the most locations of anybody we've ever had on the show it's so much i'm spread out all over america like a bad roommate <laughs> like why is there <laughs> one in my room yeah well we yeah we're gonna draw a line down the middle of the country and be like you keep your stuff on your no that's yeah. been tried before that doesn't go great <laughs> uh, you keep yeah, your I stuff on that side of the mason dixon line <laughs> yeah, i'm always like uh well no i guess southern california is like geographically further down anyway i'm just slowly ping-ponging my way further and further up northeast 
Well, yeah, we're glad that you could. Phoebe, make sure you don't touch Rhode Island. I wrote my name on it for a reason because <laughs> I'm sick of feet my other country roommates fucking with my shit. It's so. not yeah, they take yeah, they come home drunk, take Rhode Island. Hey, dude, yeah. you, you used Maine like two weeks ago, so don't talk to me about using Rhode Island. <laughs> hey, is somebody going to take a second and clean up Florida? Because it's been a mess for a while. <laughs> No, we just don't go down there anymore. <laughs> we just abandoned it. Um, I'm so glad to have you back, Phoebe. Of course, um, uh, Shannon's number one pick for all things Stargate uh, is Phoebe. But before we jump into the Stargate, though, we have so many things to talk about. Um, first, let's talk about what else you guys have been watching, or I guess just thinking about this week. Phoebe, have you been watching anything else during your yeah, ping pong? Yeah, I, I watched. Um, uh, I'm thinking of ending things. The new Andy Kaufman movie. Oh, yeah. yeah. Charlie Kaufman, you mean? <laughs> He's <laughs> back. Andy Kaufman's longest con yet. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> oh my God. I mean it, when you think about it, that makes the meta stuff of adaptation even funnier yeah. because yeah. Charlie Kaufman doesn't even exist, you know? <laughs> um, Charlie Kaufman is an Andy Kaufman character, yeah. he's a really fun theory. Yeah. I like that a lot. It's, uh, there's a new Charlie Kaufman movie on Netflix. Yeah, yeah. What do you think of it, Phoebe? Oh, I absolutely loved it, and I can't stop thinking about it. Uh, so now, can I say so quickly, this is a reoccurring problem with me of, like, swapping people's names around and being, like, okay, we went to go see Iron Man, whichever one it mm-hmm. is, with Mickey Rooney in it. No, wait, Mickey, Mickey Rooney. Rooney of I- yeah, Iron, Iron Man. And at the end of the movie, the credits were going, and I was like, who's that Russian actor? And Matt was like, <laughs> I was like this is Mickey Rourke. And I was like, oh, that's why Mickey Rooney didn't show up in the movie. <laughs> and I was constantly fucking it up. I don't know if it's like a uh. problem with my how my brain works, but it's just like that wire this is, is such a perfect cross. This is a mom thing. This is a perfect mom thing for you to do. Yeah. I think it's funny though that you switch the name around, yet you still like you also switch the person around though yeah. in the case of Iron Man. It's yes. So convoluted and stupid, but every single time I'm like, yeah, but wouldn't it be a little bit better if it was the way that I thought it was? I mean, everyone knows when you're casting movies and you're trying to get an actor to do offensive accents, Mickey Rooney yeah, is your number one right. with the bullet. Then right behind yeah, him I, is I do Rooney. love that. My favorite part of Iron Man is when he moves into that apartment and has a racist Chinese accent downstairs. <laughs> do you remember that? It plays really good for the Chinese market that they're really yeah. trying to break into. <laughs> Uh, um, at least both of those are very understandable mistakes as you got the Mickey's confused and the uh, Kaufman's confused. Very reasonable mistake. Yeah. It's so uh, stupid. As long as you get half the name right, I think you that count. Uh, and if it's last name, then you like you'd still get it on Jeopardy. So Well. If you yeah. just said Kaufman, you'd be right. I would, right? Yeah, Look, that's Jeopardy rules. So many loopholes put in society for me to barely squeeze my body through. <laughs> I'll take whatever I can get. The classic loophole-sized comic, Phoebe Bottoms. Um, I want to actually, since I accidentally brought up Jeopardy, let me just go next, which is um, I wanted to, I was going to talk about Vietnam this week finally, but then um, we had, we have to, we have to talk about Alex Trebek. Yeah, your um, personal Vietnam happened. Uh, (laughs) No, I, well, I mean, I, this was very sad. I don't, 
a lot of celebrity passings do not affect me very mm-hmm. much because I feel like I'm not super close to them. But Alex is one of those guys I've spent a lot of time with on a regular basis. Yeah. And in fact, I was um, named after Alex Trebek, according to my family. And Your so is my favorite one of like everything that everyone was saying. I didn't yeah, mean to that was really good. Yeah, it's really sweet. The people at home, um, well, I have a brief update about that, but the people at home who don't follow me on social, which is totally embarrassing for you, but um, mm-hmm. I, I posted this in all the places. But yeah, so uh, I, I, my mom has told me forever that she remembers very, she was being, she was pregnant and she was watching Jeopardy every night and they were like really struggling with a, to come up with a boy's name. And uh, they really like Alex Trebek. My dad kind of looks like Alex Trebek. He's got the same mustache. It's cute. Um, and they're, and at one point they were just like sitting around watching TV and my mom goes, isn't Alex a, a nice name? And my dad said, yep. And that was enough. And so that's where yeah. I came from. That's and I seriously, forever I've thought about like, I would go on Jeopardy and I would tell Alex that and he would, pretend to care as much as he's allowed to in that segment and he would say something like that um good for you and uh and then he would let me pick because i would be way in the in the back i would be last place i would be very bad the sentence that you use specifically as that quote on instagram was so funny yeah he he would he would say uh good for you well you're in a distant third alex so you control the board why don't you pick for us (laughs) (laughs) that is a classic alex uh moment The addendum to this social media story, though, is that I was talking is that when I posted that, my wife started thinking about it and she was like, that seems too long for Alex to have been on the air. So she looked it up and Jeopardy premiered a week after I was born. Wait, I didn't have a name Uh, for a month if that's where you're going with this. No, it's not. No, where I'm going with this is that my parents have lied to me for my entire life, but they did not name me after Alex Trebek. Oh, I love weird lies like that, though. Well, it's it's a great it's a it's a perfect lie because I when I pointed that out to my mom, she wasn't like ah you got me. She was shook. She was like, no, I remember distinctly watching Alex Trebek on the show, and it not he it was literally a week after I was born that the show started. Have you ever considered that you're like maybe your parents are actually lying to you about how old you were? Like it's one of those. That's funny. You know, oh, like I could I, be thirty-five. Well, like I, I've known knew someone once who like had to start school late or something, and so instead of like his parents to make him feel bad, they yes. just moved his birthday up a year. Oh, uh, he was so, always just uh, like a little big for his age. Yeah, so he just he didn't know until he was in his like you know teens that he was actually a year older uh, than he was. Wow, that's fun. I would love that if my parents were trying to sneak me into like being like really big in little league or something. I had a I had a summer birthday, so I just got to be a year older. My mom took me out of okay. My I went to go to regular kindergarten orientation with the class that I should have been in with my right age group. And the mm-hmm. teacher told us to draw houses, and I drew a house with rain. And then the teacher came by and yelled at me for not drawing just the house. And my mom took me out of school for a year because she was like, not going to tell my Waldorf kid that she can't draw a goddamn house with rain in it. And then literally put me into school a year later. I was like the oldest kid in the grade wow. because I had a better teacher who'd let me like do what I wanted creatively. Whoa. Anyway, I uh, am crippled practically. So that's. I will. So I was uh, because I'm born in September. I was like right on the cutoff, and so my parents decided to let me. I could either be old or young, and they put me in old. And the 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 there are some positives to that, but one of the downsides 
is thinking that you're tall and smart, and then everyone slowly catches up and passes right. you. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then you realize you're like barely six foot and kind of adult. And then I was like, a tall kid. I re- yeah. I remember. You yeah. have older siblings, right, Alex? I have I have an older sister and a younger sister. How much older is your sister? Uh, less than two years. Year okay. Because my other thing, like I don't. I don't have an older sibling, so this can never happen to me, but I've always been another thing. Like I'm personally really paranoid. You know how like Jack Nicholson was raised um, thinking his grandmother was his mother and his mom was his sister? Oh, yeah. it was one of those situations. <laughs> Everybody in your life living a lie? Yeah, just like, uh, you know, they just, you know, it was a different time. So they were like, yeah, I'm just going to pretend he's yours. And just growing up thinking his yeah. sister with his mom was his sister until he was that in his 20s. All the time. Um, you guys have such different lives where Phoebe was like, I'm not, Phoebe's mom pulled her out of school because she drew too much rain. And you and every kid you knew is like living an elaborate hoax. Well, I don't, <laughs> I wish I knew, knew Jack Nicholson. That would be pretty Oh, you're cool. right. That was Jack yeah, Nicholson. That would I'm be sorry. Cool. I forgot no, about but, that first part of the but story. That's just another thing. I'm always, whenever there's like big family lies, I'm like, yeah, right. maybe that, maybe, you know, maybe your sister is actually much older than you think. Like it slides all the way down. You know what I right, mean? It's right. just that. The other thing about Jeopardy I want to say is that my wife had been bullying me for the last few weeks into trying to get me to to audition for it not because i'm uh would be great at it but because this new season they're only having people from the la area on so they don't have people to have to travel and so the contestant pool is much smaller and so the contestants are like a little dumber and so the (laughs) questions are a little dumber noticeably dumber it's noticeably easier for sure and uh so we're in the la area and then what my wife pointed out is that two different people in the new season have mentioned their podcasts during the little interview. Oh. And last place gets $1,000. So she's like, look, you don't even have to leave town. You just go to Burbank. <laughs> you get $1,000 to promote your podcast. And then you come home and you meet Alex Trebek. It's like not a bad day. That's a great deal. It is. It does seem like a good deal. But now I'm, I mean, now would it be if I don't have that story to tell? Yeah. I do, mean, I, yeah. do I want to tell this to Ken Jennings? I'm just not as excited. Story. You can just yeah. go through the rest of your life. It's a, it's a little bit less bad than telling your son that their grandmother is their mother and that you're yeah. their sister. It's slightly yeah. under that. Yeah. I mean, I if just, anything, yeah. Alex, I say you're thinking too small. Why try to be a contestant when the host spot is now open? <laughs> Think yeah. about it. Your name's need a new Alex. Alex. I know that's true. They they won't have to change most of the stationery or anything, (laughs) you know. Like Phoebe's already already going to confuse our two names. Yeah, Yeah, you're yeah, Alex. Yeah, this is a this is a good idea. I mean, I'm sure that it's going to be Ken Jennings, but if I could maybe convince him to let me have it, no, fuck uh, that, man. yeah, no, First just off, get in there. Yes, it's your goddamn birthright, Alex. You yeah. were named. Yep. After oh, the show. You were named after Alex Trebek, for yeah. sure. You were named after after the show. Or the show yes. yeah. after the show. Yes. I would like I would really enjoy hosting Jeopardy. That seems like such a fun I think you'd be great gig. for that job. Yeah. Great. Uh, the position going. America loves the position. Yeah, yeah, they I, do. I, they do. I totally agree. I mean, right, though, well, isn't like one of the worst things that could happen though is like how how long has Jeopardy been on the air? Then thirty, thirty-five, something years? almost 30, yeah, thirty-six isn't years. 
wouldn't it be the worst though that it runs for thirty six years, you take it over, and it's canceled within like a season oh, and a half? Yeah, that like, pressure. That, that right there is the well, most stressful. To be clear, Alex Trebek's Jeopardy ran for thirty six years. There were two other versions before it. Um, that there was a daytime Jeopardy, and there was another host, Art Fleming, I believe, hosted the show before Alex took over. Mm. And so, you think you wouldn't be good at Jeopardy? Look at all this useless knowledge you have there. It's so <laughs> impressive. Well, that's yeah. the best part is that Alex Trebek does not have to know stuff. He he just it's all written down. You can tell he knows stuff though. You could just tell. Well, he does. So okay, yeah. so I was just on yesterday. I was on a podcast called Probably Science with uh, uh Andy. I'm sure you guys know Andy yeah. Wood and uh, Matt Kirshen. And Andy Wood was just taped a, a Jeopardy episode that's coming out next week. Oh, and wow. so we were we were talking about it a lot on the show yesterday. And he was uh, he gave me some fun facts, including what he said was that the show tapes at 11 every day. Alex Trebek showed up at 5 a.m. And would just read every clue for every game they were going to tape that day. And if he did not know the answer, he would look it up so he understood the context around it. Wow. Just a hardworking dude who fucking loved Jeopardy. Like, he was so dedicated to that show. He's into it. And he and and, at least as many facts as someone who works at a Snapple factory. No, yeah. oh, for sure. If not even, I mean, comparable to Snapple. I feel Factory like Snapple worker. makes a lot of theirs up even. So Alex Trebek definitely knows more. Um, I mean, I feel like they make it up at Jeopardy sometimes. Yeah. I'm like, they might history. It, what is that? He goes in and he writes in the answers. He's shaped it's, so much of what our concept of the world is. It's true. It's so true. He could Nobody's just have checking him. Just plant one thing wrong forever. Yeah. Like half of the half of the rivers he mentions don't exist. Right. That would, be, that would be my worst category. Would be like there's always like Russian rivers or something. They yeah. fucking love rivers on that show. They really do. I anyway. just want to ask real quick before we move on from Trebek, even though we have been on it quite a while, but I just want to say, uh, has anybody ever heard uh uh Longmont Potion Castle, the like prank phone call artists, his phone calls with Trebek because they are hilarious. And Alex Trebek takes it very, very well being uh, oh, overall. He, I feel this like is the actual Alex Trebek. It's not a fake thing. Yeah, it's yeah, a real yeah. call. Yeah. Longmont Potion Castle is a prank phone call artist uh, who's been doing it anonymously for like, I don't know, like two decades now or something like that. Yeah, I and have heard of him. Somehow he got Trebek's phone number and he prank phone called him like several times over the years. Uh, and they are all very, very funny. And Trebek does get mad. But yeah, he, he doesn't should. fly off the handle. Uh, but he's also, I don't know, it's, it's, he's, he's like the best type of person to get prank phone called because he like, he's taking it seriously and he's getting a little bit frustrated, but he's not like going to hang up on you or get so angry that he like swears or something. And it's kind of beautiful. I, I think after a while he uh, starts to understand that he's being pranked um, over the years. I mean, like he got pranked several times. Um, from this one guy and they're all he never changed his phone number i guess not um, wow. but not check them out they're on youtube they're hilarious do you right. know uh, well, alex trebek thing he is the voice that carries you up in a trolley at the hearst castle from the gift shop to the mansion castle. oh that's so fun i haven't been to the hearst castle in years i would like to go back that i went there as a kid but that's a fun adventure yeah um that's what I got. all right all right bye guys that's good that, you're correct for two hundred dollars. All right, Anthony, what else are you watching? Uh, jack shit. Uh, I really haven't been watching anything this week. Uh, just been more Doctor Who 
just trying to get through that because I feel mm-hmm. like obligated to finish it. Uh, and then, um, yeah, really nothing of note. Don't have anything to talk about. All right. Pass from Anthony. Well, can, can, um, I, can I ask what doctor you're on? Just like a general uh, vibe where you're at? Well, well, going into the final Peter Cabaldi season. Oh, cool. cool so cool. I definitely have hit some real low lows over the past <laughs> season. Right. Um, some pretty but, good episodes. But there was that one. There was that one. The What is it called? There was one. There's one really good one in that scene or in that uh that series. Yeah, there's. Um, I mean, there to me, like I've heard that the season was going to be worse than it is. To me, it was only the like found footage episode that was really bad. Um, uh huh. But I am. I'm still enjoying it. I really like Peter Capaldi a lot as an actor. It is taking me a while to kind of get used to him sort of playing the doctor, which is sort of, I think a big problem with the show and sort of the limited runs of it in the sense that Mm -hmm. by the time someone really kind of gets comfortable in the character, they're basically on their way out. Like I think that happened with Matt Smith. I think, um, uh, tenant is the only one who was like from the get go, basically firing on all cylinders. Right. Totally got Um, it. But yeah, Cabaldi is just, uh, one of those actors who I had never really seen until I saw in the thick of it and in the loop. Uh, and I just, it's impossible for me to like, or it was very tough for me to like separate him as, you know, Malcolm from that show. Yeah. Why isn't he walking around like cursing people out and getting people's faces? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) that's what I want from my Peter Cabaldi. Uh, and, and then I, uh, I will plug just one, uh, little thing. I haven't watched this full movie in a long time, but has that, have any of you seen Downfall? No, it's a German a Hitler movie. Yeah, Hitler. German movie. It's the movie about the last, last twelve hours of Hitler's life. It's you've seen the mm. meme. From it's, it. it's oh, that's the, the one where he's really, really angry. Yeah, right? you know, people. Yeah, people. Sorry, Phoebe, I didn't hear what you said. Try that again. What? Phoebe, get in there again. Oh, I, I it's missed the, it. It's the clip where they got where he finds out Oasis got canceled or got that Oasis broke up. Do you remember that? Yes, yeah, yes, yeah. yes. This is so the one where people he's screaming in German, and then people do different. Yeah, shows, you know, it's, it's the scene yeah. when it's the in the movie. I haven't seen the movie. God, in like probably ten years. I remember thinking it was really interesting. Um, but you know, the scene of it of when he finds out the Red Army is basically at the door and the war is over, and people yeah. uh, remove the subtitles and put new subtitles about you know like Shadow the Hedgehog or whatever uh, on yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> um, I like I like this part of the internet. It's a it's a good meme. It's been a around forever it's somehow uh can you know definitely be pretty played out but every once in a while something happens in the world that makes like a new one of those pretty funny and i've seen a few of those this week and i gotta say is it it, uh, four seasons uh total landscaping related just just general malaise of the world uh but yeah uh Definitely a, a good classic meme. And if you have never seen the movie the meme is from, it's called Downfall. Uh, it's pretty interesting. It has a there's really p- some powerful stuff. And like the movie opens and closes with like this bookend of like uh, interviews with um, like the assistants that were actually in the bunker, like people talking about what it was like to, you know, like they didn't quite understand what they were in. And it's just a fascinating movie, but. Uh, These are real speak- interviews, not not yes. fake I, interviews. I thought it was going to be like a like Frost Hitler. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Tough interviewer, that Frost. Really gives yeah, yeah. the business. <laughs> oh, uh, Hitler, thank. No, and uh, then I almost uh, hate watched Hillbilly Elegy, but I just I can't do it. So uh, didn't do that. All right, all right. this is a, the longest pass in history. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, Hunter, what did you watch this week? Um, so I'm I'm gonna switch back to not talking about things that I've watched and talk about some that I actually I had kind of a crazy weekend because I did this. Um, I participated in this streaming event uh, called uh, Extra Life. Which is okay, a yeah. it's a streaming event where you stream for twenty four hours for charity and uh, my other show uh, Space Cats Peace Turtles we streamed for twenty four hours to raise money for Arkansas Children's Hospital uh, we did pretty good I'm proud of what we did but one thing that we did in the middle of the night that I I had kind of forgotten about this game uh, but it's a beautiful game and everyone should play it and if you don't know this exists you should be I feel like there's a lot of people that need to know about this game it's called Geo Guesser um geo guesser geo guesser uh it's okay. just like a game on like you can just type in geo guesser right now and just start playing it if you want um it is not you know you don't have to like you don't even have to pay for it the the free version is fine what geo guesser is is essentially it plops you down uh it, on like a google street view of just some place and you have to figure out where you are that's the concept that's of the cool. game so it just goes blip here you are now look around you know you can move around you can zoom in you can play the game a lot of different ways like i like to play it where i don't have to figure out exactly where i am all i have to do is figure out like what country i am in and i i can't uh i can't move i can i can change my camera angle uh but there's no movement involved so a lot of it comes down to you know you learn you learn a lot of really weird stuff about different countries, like how their license plates work, and like oh. you know you you end up looking at you know street signs and like public, just like you know boring, uh, just kind of like city, uh, you know municipal signage type stuff, and looking at that trying to try and figure out like where you are, uh, and it's super fun, and I feel like anyone would enjoy it, and it just kind of tests like your knowledge of. Uh, the little particulars of the world. And if I haven't really traveled that much in my life, I've, you know, I've been to a few, I've been to, you know, if if it's South Korea, I've got it. If, you know, I've been to Colombia, but I haven't, not, not a very well traveled person. So every time I get one, I feel really, really good. Um, And I also think it's just a game anybody would like. So check it out. GeoGuessr. Have you Hunter, this is for some reason, made me think of that. Have you ever played like, um, like Google earth, in like VO, it's not really a oh, game. Yeah. It's just more of a. That. How do you yeah. play that? What's the, yeah? What's just, the, what are the rules of that? This it's not a game. It's just you experience Google Earth in like VO. So you like yeah. you can do like basically go anywhere, uh, and you know like that it's using like Street View and maps, uh, satellite imaging. So like the world looks pretty fucked up, like because it, it doesn't mm-hmm. quite know how to render buildings. Yeah, um, but it is a fascinating and kind of like. Uh, I, I got pretty emotional when I did it. And so does mm. everyone else I know, just because of like the sense of like being able to travel anywhere and seeing like, you know, the world from like multiple different scales within a few minutes. Um, but yeah, it's a very surreal, cool experience. If you ever get the chance to do it. Um, I mean, regular street view makes me a little motion sick. So I can imagine that 
uh, adding that to VR, which also makes me motion sick, would not work very well for me. But it's one of those no, things. They, it seems like if I had a stronger out. brain, I would be. It would be cool. Yeah, that maybe <laughs> yeah. that does. You can't. You can't. He's two six. Make a uh, healthy. That's so Everyone true. Yeah, that, it's know? like yeah, it's like when you get a cold and the flu at the same time, and they beat yeah. each other. <laughs> um, well, speaking of traveling super fast, let's talk about our movie this week, which is uh, actually a TV show, which is the show <laughs> Stargate Atlantis. If you want to travel fast around, there's no faster way than through a Stargate. This is the TV show that ran from 2004 to 2009 on the Sci-Fi Network, uh, a spinoff of the movie from What a Coincidence a couple weeks ago on this show. Wait a minute. And well, a spinoff from the show that is a spinoff yes, from the movie. Yeah, yeah, this is a double spinoff. Yeah. Yes. Right, wait. Which actually makes it the movie again. It's a double Maybe spin. 2004? What are you talking about? Yes. Did I watch 2004 to 2009. I watched. Well, yeah, well, we watched Stargate Atlantis, right? No. We. Oh, wait, what did you watch, Phoebe? I watched the original Stargate. Tell I watched the first three episodes of. <laughs> okay. Oh my wait, so god! Not take place underwater. So this is a read it and weep first. Um, oh, oh no! Is I wish it was a first. Um, we have definitely had fucking Stargates. <laughs> oh no. Oh no! You I watched the original Stargate, Stargate show, Stargate SG One. Yes. Wait, <laughs> I, I didn't have to watch all of the Stargate that I watched. Well, I mean, we watched. You would have had to watch a different three oh, episodes. So no, I know, Wait, but like, I watched Stargate uh, Continuum we, and Children of the Gods. <laughs> Were we not supposed to do that? <laughs> Were we not supposed yo, to watch Stargate yo, 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 The Arc of Truth? So I wrote my own Star Stargate episode <laughs> and read it to myself. Is that uh, going to work? Or oh like, it, can I still be on the episode? Oh my God. Phoebe! No, okay. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Let me just, let's just establish a few things. Phoebe, I'm going to ask you yeah. some questions, okay? <laughs> okay. Did the show you watch involve a Stargate? Yes, so many of did them. It, did it involve bland white bread uh bl- characters yes okay did it have some pretty cheap special effects like you and never a lot seen. of did it have a lot of plastic painted to look like metal I have so many <laughs> about that exact thing Okay, well, so the I good news just, is... Let's just say you watched the show. Yeah, that's what I was just getting at. We watched yeah, the same yeah. show. We watched yeah, the different thing. Yeah. I was so excited. Uh, I was so excited because Don S. Davis is in the show, and all we do is, we is talk about Twin Peaks, and he's Garland Briggs in Twin Peaks, and I went on a whole yeah. rap of learning so much about him because he's my favorite Twin Peaks character. I was like, oh, <laughs> this is so fun. I can't wait to have this whole conversation about Don. This is going to be an interesting episode. I wish, yeah. I, I wish Hunter, Let's we just... could say this was a first on the show, but we have a whole series um, that you can look at if you click on the tag critical research failure on Re and Weep oh episodes. This is not the first time someone's done the wrong thing. Beautiful. Also, sometimes people just don't do it. So there's a lot of options of ways you can... I did it so hard, and I did it so wrong. <laughs> I, really... I love that. That's the best. That's the Let's way to do just it. just split the difference and talk about Twin Peaks for an hour. You guys <laughs> want to do that? Yes. Uh, unfortunately, no, the way this lot works... Of, I have a lot of emotions to unpack about whatever it is that I did. 
<laughs> I can't wait to figure out how this conversation is going to work. But let me first summarize. So, so for, well, actually, let me tell you why we're watching this. This film, or this uh, this TV show, just like the film episode, was sponsored by Shannon, uh, who said that after our last episode, um, uh, which uh, when we did not love the movie as much as she had hoped. I said, uh, I'm sorry to have disappointed you. And uh, she responded, I'm not disappointed. In fact, I rather enjoyed the episode. You brought up so many behind the scenes things I didn't know about the film. I am not very invested in who people are in films usually. So I didn't know about the drama queen models not wanting to act or actors being better known for their other roles um, or paid much attention to the producer of the film and his other apparent train wrecks. I just watched films in the Christmas present version. Mm -hmm. Um, Stargate Atlantis was actually how I originally got into the franchise before I went back and started from the beginning. Perhaps having a concept about the Stargate world prior to Stargate 94 uh, had helped me overlook and forgive some of the problematic parts of that film. So I do understand everyone's hesitation, and I think I really would like to sponsor a follow-up episode so folks have a more updated assessment about the franchise to pull from. Or in our case, a few different <laughs> parts of the franchise to pull well, from. Alex, may That's I say really actually stargating Stargate with how we've watched this show. <laughs> I stargated <laughs> into Stargate. You guys stargated. This is such a great way to do the series is you watch one and then you just skip to a random place in another series and then skip to another random <laughs> you place. Dial, you dial the next episode and bam, there yes. you are. Yeah. Well, I mean, I can I just talk about what what was her name again? The sponsor? Shannon. Yeah. Shannon? 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 That's like, first off, I thought we were pretty fair and like, well, fairly positive on the movie, but. I thought I think what she just said was so interesting because watching this, uh, Phoebe, you probably wouldn't get this because you didn't watch the right show. But because uh, <laughs> you're a failure and you should feel bad. No, no. But like, I'm I'm curious how if this is actually really good that you watched the uh, uh, SG one because I had a question about that. Uh, I was blown away by the way Stargate Atlantis, the way it is like a spinoff of a spinoff. There obviously was a backdoor pilot somewhere in Stargate SG-1. Mm -hmm. Because, For like, Stargate... One? Yeah, Stargate Atlantis starts like it's the second episode yeah, of I a agree. TV show. Like, if you yeah. had never seen Stargate, if you did not know what the premise was, I would be so curious of, like... Because Star just Stargate Atlantis just throws you into it. It doesn't yeah. explain what... The Stargate is or what they're doing. Well, it's weird. In it explains a lot of it explains a lot of stuff in the first the first fifteen minutes is a lot of exposition, but it is not exposition that I would consider helpful for a new viewer on any level, basically. Yeah, None of the characters like was explaining like here's what's gonna be a little different this time. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. What were you gonna say? Go ahead, Phoebe. I was just going to say, then this is actually a really fun way of doing this because Stargate SG-1 starts roughly 45 minutes after the movie ends and is <laughs> oh. detailed exposition from all of the very literal fake, like, fake actor versions of those characters being like, man, that guy, that kid really reminded me of my dead son. Like, <laughs> directly back in there and, like, hang out in the same planet as they were oh, that's great. with fake Spader and his fake son. And it is un So it's sci-fi channel quality versions of the movie actors? Kind Well, yeah. I mean, we, we like, talked about this on the Stargate episode. 
Yeah, the the show has all the same characters, but all their names are spelled differently. Oh, right. So, yeah, MacGyver is playing the Kurt Russell character, but his name's spelled differently. The guy with the glasses who's in the first episode of Atlantis is the James Spader character, I believe. So, like, they're all the same characters. They just have slightly, you know, the names are spelled different. But, yeah, this, like, Atlantis is... From what I from gather from my research, the what we watch takes place uh, between Stargate SG One season seven and eight. So oh. season seven of Stargate SG One builds to them finding this Otic base and finding out about Atlantis. Oh. Uh, so that's why like, all the characters already who know each other already are there, and like you're supposed to know these people. So. For Shannon to start with this and then like work backwards, I think it's such a weird, interesting yeah, way. Yeah, there was a story the- to that and why that is how it was brought to her. And I don't remember it exactly. Um, it might oh, it actually, it might just be that that was the one that was available for streaming at the time. And so when someone was bugging her to watch Stargate, she started with a free one. Well, um, SG one is basically just fan fiction with a budget. they're like oh well we could keep seeing what happens with these guys and then they go to this other they go to the same planet and then after that they stargate into weirdly a forest that looks like toronto and then they just kind of for a long time well so with sg1 something that i was kind of curious if this was something that they had just started doing by atlantis but like in the movie when they go to the alien world, they're all speaking like an old ancient, like weird yeah. version of Egyptian, right. like lang- fake Egyptian like language, right. the way it would evolve over you know thousands of years or whatever. And then in, by the time they get to Atlantis, everyone just speaks English, no matter where they go. Yes. Yes. Uh, I love about it. Did SG one does that? Were they still doing the link French language yeah. thing or, yeah. okay. So, because we were like, oh, did they make this up? Or is it like some real language that they're just kind of like, you know, fucking around with? Yeah. And but then over seven seasons of the show, they just said, fuck it. Everyone speaks English now. 100% that. Okay. I think that's the way to do it. Because um, having other languages is way more complicated. Well, just create like, a, you know, like Star Trek has like. The Universal Translator, Doctor sure, yeah. Who, the Tony yeah. does it like yeah, but that's, those are pretty lazy explanations that don't really yeah, make so just sense skip a under step, much lazier. Gentr- but, uh, that's the thing. Uh, what's the thing from Hitchhiker's Guide? The Babblefish. The Babblefish. Like, yeah. Yeah. Just come up with some kind of bullshit excuse. Uh, yeah, I mean, especially because Stargate Atlantis, it's just like technology works by thinking about it, genes, mm-hmm. and then you like, all right. And so you could just like, do that, like where it's like we understand English now, bec- or all languages, because we touched this glowing rock. That's yeah, fine. Yeah, and also it's Atlantis. Like that doesn't seem. I don't know. That seems like an English. Well, so let's go. Let me give. It, yeah, let's I mean, let's rewind a little bit more. Let's go back to the beginning of this for a second. Give everybody an explanation for those who've not seen it. Um, oh, but first of all, let me finish something from Shannon, who said uh, that the TV shows are better developed than the original movie. There are more layers, better storytelling, better acting, and better CGI. Definitely not um, in there, one. I'll say. I'll <laughs> go ahead and look. I I agree that we didn't really rag on the movie. We kind of talked about the movie like it was 
your mom's new boyfriend that you don't like, but you don't want to like upset. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, it's cool. Like, there's some facts there that are fun. Yeah, yeah. but you, but is Togate coming over for Thanksgiving? I mean, that's kind of weird. Okay, it's Thanksgiving's fine, funny. but Christmas, I'm not comfortable with Togate <laughs> being there. You know, um, um, I okay, that that may be true. Like, I don't know what. I, that may be true uh, that we were like that, I guess. And and obviously, you know, you know, our our we have many slogans, but one of our primary slogans here at Read and Weep is no refunds. So I get it. We're allowed to not like a movie just because someone paid us to watch it does not mean we have to like it um, or be particularly nice to it um, or even invite it over for Christmas. But um, Shannon, one of the reasons why Shannon wanted us to watch the show is she also said there's a lot more inside jokes and like kind of poking fun at themselves and even some fourth wall breaking. So it's a little bit more fun and silly, which I definitely think is true. And I watched Atlantis. (laughs) I might come out and say that I enjoyed, uh, I I enjoyed this watch more than I did the movie. So I understand that a little bit. There were things I liked about the movie, but I uh, differently, I guess, but I generally kind of enjoyed these, these three episodes, but let me summarize for people. And I'm not just saying that because I'm the one who runs the PayPal account. Yes, let me summarize for the people who have not seen the show, including Phoebe. Um, so we watched the first three episodes. We watched the two-part pilot and then season, and then episode three of the first season of Stargate Atlantis. So here is my, well, first of previously on Stargate. An ancient race of highly intelligent humans spoke English, built the pyramids, and built these big round goo gates that let you wormhole to other planets that are almost all nitrogen-oxygen-based atmospheres. And mostly have English speakers. When I wrote that, I forgot. You're right. There was other languages, but um, they spoke something. They were ancient Egyptian and the other ones. Anyway, now my five sentence summary and the continuation of the Stargate franchise. A group of uh, people are working in Antarctica and they aren't worried about the thing attacking them because they have their very own Stargate up and running. And they've just figured out the address to the never explored before wet ass planet. A team of wimpy but hot, a team of of hot scientists and wimpy soldiers say goodbye to their families forever and walk through the gate onto the wet ass planet and discover a massive unoccupied ancient lost city of Atlantis that they can immediately move into and start touching stuff. Newsreels on the planet uh, moistly explain that a long time ago all of the star hopping finally caught up to our ancient human uh, brethren when they accidentally teleported onto an alien planet filled with a race called the Wraith who use their hand mouths to suck the life force from a human chest whenever they're hungry. Modern humans are scared, but they need more power crystals or some shit. And so they (laughs) then the team led by the only actor I recognized on the show and thus assumed they couldn't afford to keep on through a gate to a random place where they meet a modern ancient human that speaks a race that speaks English and is just stilted enough to let you know that they're still kind of primitive, but they're also super hot and the modern people are horny for them. Number five, together, our modern humans and modern ancient humans escape the few wraith, but wake up a bunch more wraiths, which obviously means the wrath of wraith is on the way. But for now, they can go back to their dripping, sopping, disgustingly wet planet and transition into just mostly a horny workplace comedy in the future. That is Stargate Atlantis. You did it. Yeah. I mean, I... I Any corrections or modifications from that summary? No, I think he nailed it. I, I, yeah, I mean, you should definitely, you know, you will correct. Robert Patrick does not stick around. Uh, he gets, <laughs> he gets shot pretty fast. Um, Robert Patrick, man, he has the best sad eyes. It's just oh. great. Oh, they're so sad. <laughs> they're so, there's such sadness. 
behind his eyes. Um, I do think we you need to stress that the the um the rates don't just suck your life out of you with their weird vagina hands. Yes, they also dress like um vampires who are cosplaying as Sephiroth. Yeah, um, from Final like Fantasy VII. I, that's that's what I was thinking about them. The, these look like fish if fish were goth. Yeah, <laughs> but they also look exactly fish. The main oh, one looks exactly like Sephiroth with the best hair. The main one looked a little coat. bit like like a Jared Leto Joker. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it, but it's it's this is kind of chicken egg though. You know, yeah, Jared Leto Joker. <laughs> is so that... did they? They didn't get into the goth fish at all in SG One. Uh, I believe I believe the Wraith are the, a bad guy just for Stargate Atlantis. Yeah. That's yeah. the whole point. The Wraith is like one good. of the most interesting pieces here. Sorry, go ahead, Phoebe. I know there's. I mean, you know, it's a pretty dry show for what right. I saw. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> also, is it worth mentioning like that Robert Patrick probably just got hired because he's also made out of the goo that Stargate is made out of? Yeah. <laughs> That's how he got the Terminator 2 job. You know? That's a good point. He just he can run really fast hey. without looking like he's out of breath and he's made yeah. of goo. He was, you're made I, of I'm goo. Not- we were thinking we could have you on our goo show. <laughs> You've really cornered the goo brand. Yeah, with a show of this uh, budget... When I see an actor in the pilot that I I recognize, of I course. assume they can't afford to keep him right. around for very long. Well, I mean, yeah. I, speaking of the budget, I think yes, like I'd love to. One of my favorite things about watching stuff like I was watching this with my wife, and like the oh, very like early on, it's a lot of uh, shots of this helicopter that's flying MacGyver in. Mm-hmm. Um, and my wife was like, "Man, I mean, couldn't it be too but too cheap budget. I mean, they have like all they this helicopter." helicopter. And I yeah. said, "No, got to remember." The thing that really blows your mind, if you if you're gonna think about how many movie, how much money a movie has based off helicopters, is that anytime you have a helicopter in a movie, they paid for two helicopters. <laughs> you have to have the second helicopter to film. That's right. true. Helicopter. Now you can do it with drones, but then it yeah. was always double helicopters. No, but anytime you see helicopters in movies, or especially yeah. movies before drones, I always think like. Like, there's this shot in Apocalypse Now that's really famous with, like, eight helicopters all coming towards the camera. And every yeah. time I watch that shot, I like to lean over with and goes, it's actually nine helicopters. It's nine helicopters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that's, doesn't it just make it more impressive? That, like, anytime there's a helicopter on the show, there's one more helicopter. You know? Yeah, that's such a good point. So, um, yeah. I do think that they might have spent their entire budget on those two helicopters. Um it, I think so. This is I think worth talking about. So it's a, it's a sci-fi channel show which has a sci-fi channel budget, and um, I it's like it's like fascinatingly cheap. Where like sure that yeah the wraiths just look like they're wearing Slipknot masks most of the time, and then and the whole set. Anthony, you mentioned like plastic painted look like metal. To me, it looked like a Qzar laser tag arena most of the yeah. time. Yes, laser tag yeah, is yeah. a very good That's a great way to put it. Especially yeah. the way they were holding those guns that looked like laser tag guns. It looks like they're just running around. Oh, okay, like... I want to I want to say something about guns because to me the thing that makes uh, I I've actually never seen the Stargate movie. It's sad that I missed that uh, episode because yes. I grew we up watching uh, Stargate SG One. And the you thing did. to me that makes Stargate Stargate versus like every other sci fi TV show is the thing where you have guys with regular guns 
like regular human earth guns mm-hmm. shooting at alien technology yes. never made sense to me. Even when I was a kid, I was like, this just looks really lame <laughs> that that guy, that soldier guy right there thinks he can shoot at that alien like ship flying around yes. in the air with his yeah. regular ass gun and that that will do anything. That is Stargate to me. Yeah, that is very funny. That is one. I mean, Stargate SG-1 looks like the television, looks like a TV show in a TV show. Like a background TV <laughs> is on, and that's what SG-1 is. Yeah, I, mean, I do. It's like pull out and we're like, oh, we're actually in a, we're in a movie right now and they're just mm. watching this filler. So are I, you guys able to still have fun watching a show that cheap? Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, or is it too distracting for you? No, I don't have any issues with that. And I do feel like I just want to um, not to defend this show, but to defend uh, the honor of, I guess, the sci fi network. I don't know. But like, it is crazy to think that this premiered in 2004, which was the same year that Battlestar Galactica also premiered on sci fi. Oh, yeah. And like, that was a show that was also like, you know, done on a sci fi budget, but like, Battlestar Galactica, like aesthetically, was one of the most important shows to like have ever mm -hmm. been made. Like, it's the show was pretty good. I I was a big fan of Battlestar Galactica, but like the way I I haven't watched all of it, but I've enjoyed Battlestar Galactica for sure. The way the show like shot like its space battles is so completely stolen. All space battles uh, look like that. Like you know, like the fake zooms that they do and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All that aesthetic stuff, like Battlestar Galactica was the first thing I ever saw do that. And like that was also, you know, same year, sci-fi budget, sci-fi channel budget. But like that show looks so much better. Uh, That's such an interesting point. Do you think it's because the production had a bigger budget or because they used it better? Like they bought fewer helicopters. I mean, well, I mean, so like, you know, the beauty of Battlestar Galactica is that it's like, um, you know, one giant location that most of the show, because it is you know, everyone's on this one ship. Um, well, I mean, it's a series of ships, but there's not a lot of sets uh, that they have to constantly build. So I could see right. that like helping with the budget, but also it's just like I think they had more budget and just used it better. They just used it like you know, we we know we can't have a lot of um, CG shots, so the ones we do have. We're going to make count. Also, like, the casting is so much better in Galactica. Like, when you have Edward James almost saying, like, corny space lines, it just, like, gives it so much more gravitas and, like, you feel more grounded in it. Um, but, yeah, so I don't, I don't know. The show I want to bring up then, though, is about sci-fi budget is The Expanse. Because mm-hmm. I... I love the expanse but the especially the first couple seasons of the expanse the budget is a bummer like the quality it just the ship looks cheap mm-hmm. the uniforms look cheap it just looks a, and and it's a like i already was in because i like the book series and like there is enough about the show that is good but it, it was always a little distracting how cheap it is and that mm-hmm. bummed me out Here's and i wanted thing. sorry yeah go Oh no, the thing it's funny, like the thing that depresses me the most about it, and it isn't, it has nothing to do with what the budget is or how, you know, like how the sets are made to look on a small budget. But having PA'd off and on for 10 years and having to work like under art department, the thing that's depressing to me is like in 
the episode of SG-1 or fucking anything that you see, seeing like a giant wall of hieroglyphs, like knowing how many people got yelled at and like how (laughs) intense they had to work to like get this stupid piece of garbage to like... (laughs) That's the thing that bums me out. It has nothing to do with the money. It's just like the man hours for something that I know no one else looks at and cares about and like how many people were like... What do you mean you got the spray paint that's like chrome number four? I asked for chrome number five, you fucking idiot. (laughs) (laughs) Breaks my brain. I hate it so much. I keep watching SG1 being like, I think I hate entertainment. I think I I know we've been living together for so long that I'm like, the magic is completely taken out of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's not even... (laughs) Not even with yelling, but like you know, think about like the the two like the two women on the Lord of the Rings who um, rubbed their fingerprints off by hand making all the chainmail. Right. You, yeah. You yeah. Hardly ever see. Yeah. But like just like an actual physical cost on these two women's lives. You know, not a huge one, but like oh, yeah, no, because they can just rob banks with impunity yeah. now. But yeah, yeah, it's actually a, a scam, basically. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's really good like, for them. They're, they're in Fight Club. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, like that kind of cost to uh, yeah. any kind of art is definitely something that is going to be. I mean, this is all, there's also the plus side of this, which is I do love that art departments put so much work into stuff that doesn't oh, get God, appreciated enough. That I yeah. love a wall of, of hieroglyphs. I love. I mean, one of my favorite things on sci-fi shows is just looking at the monitors and the the designs behind them in a room full of control stuff. And and the thing I, that was so good about Lord of the Rings is that like all those little details that made it look gross, so it didn't look like primetime television. All of that yeah. stuff incredible, and it's a mosaic of these tiny, tiny pieces. So I get it. But having been on the other side of it, especially with something like the pilot of SG One, where I'm like. You're fake. I'm looking at fake James Spader cry at a wall that I know is made out of foam that somebody had like pretty cash for and like didn't right. know what kind of foam to get. That's it. That's yeah, I mean, I, I, I was really blown away by like in Atlantis. I don't know what the original show was like, but the way the consoles in like the alien side are just like huge plastic buttons. Yes. With one yeah, LED behind it. I uh, love it. Just that's good. I mean, you know, it isn't like it's it's not as useful as a touch screen where you can change what each button does. This is you're a little locked in to this triangle of triangle buttons. Uh, but I do enjoy a large plat. It, it looks like a toy like you would give a baby where it's like you'd follow the light and they would smash it. That's well, what that it looks has, like. It has that in common with SG One then because that is they have one button to do everything like a pre. <laughs> 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 Oh, that's fun. I, I, I have a question. I have, I have a question Go, for us uh, that I'm I'm just kind of curious as to what people think, because I actually couldn't really. Uh, like I said, I, wa- I watched SG-1 when I was a kid. It's been a very long time and I didn't l- even like it when I was a kid. So oh. that's a, it's oh. weird to be good, returning to a show. I remember yeah. being like, oh, this isn't very good. But for the life of me, while I was watching these three episodes, I, what I could not figure out was what the pitch was for this show because i remember sg1 and the whole concept of the show is it's like a monster of the week sci-fi adventure show where they step through a gate and the gate leads them to an adventure and i'm looking at this show and i'm like 
this is the exact same pitch. So I'm just confused as to what the point or what, like, why did they make this show? So was it just I, to continue doing that same type of show, but more? I, well, I'm not. A, I mean, if the show is fun and they're like, what, why don't we make more money doing the same but show? It, but with I, different I know for a fact that it's at, there was a point in time where the, both of these shows were running because I remember watching SG one around the time this show was being advertised. So yeah, it was like, dude, they're and, trying to get me to there watch. There was a time when Family Guy and American Dad are both on. And it's well, like, yeah, I mean, same question there, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I, so I think one thing that I wonder is having only watched. So the pilot is like a, basically a 90 minute movie broken up into two episodes or two. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, two episodes. And then the third one is like a big shift where you're like, now this is we're settling into the show. Right. And my feeling about three was that it is almost just a workplace comedy. It is like there's it's it's goofy and jokey and it's like so one of the gags is person from tw- 2004 explains to primitive race of people what football plays are and then yeah. there's like there's a fun game where these two employees n- get in a competition to name every new piece of alien technology they find yeah and it's like they're exploring the base they're learning about each other and themselves there's some budding romance because everyone is super horny in space and like it's just like it feels like just kind of like a like a space workplace show and i don't know if that continues that way but the wraiths are a thing of the past there is a dark energy monster that like eats people but mostly they don't care about the goth fish at all and they're just like let's explore this place let's tell the kids some ghost stories that are actually plots of scary movies from the future like it's just kind of like it's a lot of it's not even an adventure monster of the week really there's a little bit of monster but most of it's more of like a walking around in this wet planet. I mean, I think the, yeah, I mean, I think the, the idea for this pitch is like, you know, like what if they, they can't go home at the end of the day, Uh like go get SG one, like their base is still up. Oh, they can go. home. So this is like, you know, they're stuck here and Atlantis. What I was surprised by, uh, that there was no, uh, like maybe they show up later, but like, I thought the show was going to be they go to Atlantis and they meet like people from Atlantis and then they get into adventures with so them. So far, there are no Atlantans. Yeah, and so I did do a little bit of extra credit. Good. I, got, I skipped to season two, episode oh. five, I think, for the introduction of Jason Momoa. Because, look, maybe I am just uh, prejudiced. But when I hear about a show that has Jason Momoa... Right, and we didn't get to watch the Jason Momoa parts. Yeah, Yeah, I would like to have seen a bucket of water dumped on Jason Momoa's head. Oh, no, here's the thing. I I was thinking, okay, it takes place in Atlantis. Jason Momoa's there. He's going to be an Atlantis He's Aquaman. Yeah. Yeah. Um, He's not. He's in a desert. He's very dry. He doesn't get wet the entire episode. What? Uh, he's from a different planet. He's not from Atlantis. Uh, no, not Dry Momoa. Yeah, yeah. No one wants a Dry Momoa. Well, no. here's the thing. It's it's a Dry Momoa and like a non super jacked Momoa. Yeah, like oh, it's, it's a skinny Dry Momoa. Oh no, he's 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 not skinny, but he's like a person. You know what I mean? Hollywood hasn't really sunk sculpted him into him. Yeah. He just looks like though, if you are at guy. Starbucks, if you're Starbucks and you're looking to order off the menu, a skinny dry Momoa is delicious. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is an option. It's a lot of hair in it, though, so you got to be careful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Gotta, that is a terrible coffee dog. drink. 
Yeah. So does it, does it get more like, do they hop around more? Are the other episodes them leaving the base? Because the third episode, they just stay in Atlantis the whole day. Yeah. I imagine they're going to be doing a bit of that, but it's exactly what Stargate is. They are hopping around to different places. Yeah. And for the record, Stargate, Stargate had episodes where they don't hop around to be just to, just to uh, kind of part of my point here is that I feel like we kind of have the exact same recipe also, in Stargate, literally in in the original show, you could find an, an uh, what like an anagram of every every character has a counterpart in SG one. It's almost like exact one to one ratios. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, so like yeah, in that way, like I a, feel like the show is the same show. We we could have there we is did a formula that's show. like the guy with leadership skills, the scientist, the um, the doctor. The yeah. nerdy guy who's other funny. world lady who everyone's into the funny guy yeah yeah macgyver is like the like a little too like he's 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 funny but in kind of a like i don't know about all this alien shit i'm just like a regular <laughs> dude kind of way time, like in the three episodes that i saw every episode one of the other cast members like gets attached to somebody and then they get stolen and then he's like what are you talking about? We can't save them. We got to go. It's dangerous. He's <laughs> trying to like get people out of doing heroic action. It's so funny. And then fake Spader is just there to like perform these uh, monologues where you can tell, God, I hate him so much. You can tell that he's like waiting to finish and for them to cut. So the, grips will like applaud for him (laughs) 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 like now that's acting it's like oh god i hate it i hate it let me offer let me offer you some some one more thought on this hunter for your question about the pitch for the show is have you ever had orzo no what's orzo orzo is like a small it's like a little bigger than rice but it's like like pasta type yeah it's a it's rice pasta essentially okay sure sure i think i know what you mean um and it's really good uh and it is just pasta um but it feels like it's a different meal and so you feel like you can have spaghetti and you can have orzo on the same week yeah, even yeah, though they're yeah. both pasta and i think that that but they were like look we're enjoying this we're making money on this it's it it's cost effective what if we did it underwater like that'll yeah. be different enough that we can sell and then people will have two in a week and they're like well they're different because this one's in the water how about okay uh, i have an alternate theory yeah, here's, here's here's I'm going to put forward something. Let's say you're making a show and the show you have is MacGyver of all people is carrying the show. But then MacGyver gets tired. He's like MacGyver sweepy. MacGyver <laughs> don't want to do the show no more. Yeah. What if you just kind of conveniently made up a new show where you specifically tried to find somebody like, can you be MacGyver? Could you kind of do a sort of MacGyver thing? Interesting. We have this kind of MacGyver-based economy we've been working on, yet he's threatening to leave, you know. Yeah. So I mean, and I also theory. think it's kind of telling that, like, you know, I'm I'm a big Trekkie, and in the 90s, uh, there were a bunch of different Star Trek offshoot um series. There were new, you know, there was Next Generation was a big hit. So they started Deep Space Nine and then later Voyager. And the thing that you got used to was in the pilot episode, you would have like a next generation character to sort of say like, everything's all right. You know, watch, you can, you should watch this or whatever. Um, in, in Stargate Atlantis, they do that, but for like 15 minutes where I, <laughs> where I didn't realize that those guys weren't in the show. I, I was like, right. oh, they just got MacGyver to come back. 
and now he's in this show too now and then he and then he left and i was like yeah. what you're leaving me with these strangers yeah <laughs> uh, so from a little bit of digging i've been doing over here so it, it seems to me that the Stargate SG-1 was originally on Showtime, which I had forgotten about. Oh, uh, oh that's a different Showtime budget. Show. Uh, I mean, not really, because the show was a, doesn't have a high budget, obviously. Uh, so SG-1 was originally going to be uh, was on Showtime. They were going to cancel it after the fifth season. So that's why they had started working on a spinoff, was to try to get a new series up and going. Uh, but then once it went up to sci-fi and it was a really big hit on sci-fi, uh, sci-fi was just basically like, you know, this was pretty early into sci-fi as like a channel's run mm-hmm. and like making original programming that I think it was just like, hey, we already have like production offices set up for Stargate. We need more content to feel, fill uh, like airtime. So yeah. they just took what they already had and just ran it into production. Okay, uh, so let's go back to this is this has been a great theorizing and I enjoy the conversation. Let's bring it back a little bit to the um, Christmas present of the show. Let's be back in the the themes of the show and less about the meta of it for a second because I want to talk about the wraith some more, um, which is that I and I'm glad you called them goth fish because my the thing that I like about the wraith is that the way this enemy is set up is that they eat people with their vagina hands. Um, they suck the life out of you. You get older and older and older. Like you're, um, you just saw the, uh, just like real women. Am I right? Yeah. <laughs> just yeah. Suck- it. Yes. Yeah, dude. Yeah. yeah. Um, so they, um, but what I, what's great about the Wraith is that the Wraith on this planet, they go to the Wraith come and eat them. But then they leave for a couple decades to let them sort of grow the population again. And then they come back and they basically treat this human group like a fishery that needs to be protected. Mm. They like they do smart management of their human fishery and they're like they're worried about overfishing the people. And they're like, we got if we do too many, we won't be able to keep eating here. Yeah, kill one plant too. You know what I mean? Like yeah, that's they, their... this is I've I've like I had this idea for a little while of like a uh, an alien sci-fi monster thing where they just respected us the same amount that we respect cows, where they're they're like because all of the movies where we fight where it's like, ah, aliens are invading, we like mount a respectable defense. At some point where they have to like, oh, even if we're underdogs, we're like, man, mm-hmm. our nukes, though, are very good. Whereas, like, if you're the population of, like, cows and you're like, man, these people are killing us. This is brutal. We should mount an attack. And then your attack is like, there's nothing. You got nothing that we give a shit about. And even if you like or if you're like, you know, you're like crabs and you're like, wow, the cra- people are eating all of our crabs. And then, like, somehow you manage to, like, over cause a whole crab boat to sink. Um the other crabbers are just like, well, that is a tragedy. They're not like, we must respect our enemy, the crabs. They just like <laughs> keep fishing. And I love that they, that that's the way the wraith are. They don't even bother to talk to us for most of the mo- the, the show. They're just like, yeah, we just eat you. Like, we're not, you're not, like, we're not on the same level. We're not at war, man. You are a food source. We need to be intelligent about management of. Yeah, like, I, you know, like Mass Effect has these, there's a lot of like harvesting races. Yeah in fiction that I've always really loved, like, especially sort of like generational harvesting, 
like, you know, you only come back every 50,000 years, yeah. kill everything and let it regrow. Like, yeah. that is one of my favorite. Like, I do so love that feeling. You can concept. watch, you could do a spin off of the show where you watch the Wraiths, but it's Deadliest Catch. <laughs> it's just you're in the wraiths you're going out harvesting some people you come back you hang out you're like oh there's some interesting drama here it's there you know they're doing some hard work it's kind of yeah fascinating it's dangerous work the but it's yeah. you know three weeks every 20 years and it pays yeah, really exactly. good it's great yeah. yeah you come you come back from harvesting people you get a bunch of money and you waste it on a motorcycle and a bunch of drugs and then you have to come back again next time they ask i mean they seem to not be very good at it in the sense that like surprisingly no they do kind of get let those human guns shoot them down well that and like look if all you do is go and suck the life out of people uh and you haven't found earth even though there are stargates coming here you're pretty (laughs) bad at your job like who is the like key to all this is like where is the stargate phone book because that would really ruin earth if there was like actually a guy, a TV guide for them where they were like the, the rates could just flip channels. Cause yeah, she, when she finds out this person is like from a different planet, she's like, well, tell me where it is. I want to come eat there. Uh, which makes total sense. It's like, she just found out about like a giant buffet. That's free. That's awesome. Yeah. They are bad at it, but like, that's kind of what a great day for them. This is like a whole new fish. <laughs> I feel like we should as a, as a species also start making giant buffets secret. Too though. <laughs> like, if you find it, you get to eat for free. Yeah, exactly. I like that. Whoa, it's an untouched salad bar. <laughs> is there you better any, not eat too much or it will not grow back. Is there any better sight than an untouched buffet tray? Like where you're the first one with a scoop in? I mean, it's mm. the least gross buffet option for sure. Yeah. Because it's anybody, even then, remember, it's an untouched buffet, but it's sneezed upon. Oh, for sure. That's what you're paying for. <laughs> I I just I enjoy this this version of Alien so much, and I had not actually seen exactly that before. So I'm glad there's a lot of other ones. Um, but I just like, especially that scene where the Colonel is like arguing with the the alien, like they're gonna respect him more and stop eating him, and it's like you you are you are a fish arguing with a man. It is not working. <laughs> well, see, the thing is, like I. I don't like when they don't go all the way with it of like setting up like they're like a harvesting race. They have all this advanced technology. They're very hard to kill. And then this fucking what's the lead's name of this? The actor's Joe Flanagan, but it's like the most boring human being to ever live. <laughs> yeah. Just like they build up how difficult they are. Then he's like Major just John Shepherd. He just stabs one and is like, that definitely makes you dead or something. And it's just like what? <laughs> The fuck? Well, no, he, he stabbed him with their own fork. <laughs> so it's like, you couldn't stab him with a human knife, but an alien fork, that will do it for sure. Yeah, and then, like, that wakes them all up. I mean, I do love that, like, uh, something I don't think I have ever really seen in a show like this is that there's, like, she ends up kind of giving in to uh, the Shepard character, but there is, like, a woman who is running the Atlantis base who is actually smirked into being like, hey, we're in a big, undefended city. How about we, the first thing we do, not the first, have the first thing we do be go and piss off advanced alien races. Yeah, yeah. Like, I do love that somebody was like, look, we don't know where we are. We (laughs) we should keep our fucking heads down. 
that's the whole thing about the Stargate franchise is they are it is like it's fucking reckless. It is just a high degree of recklessness where they're like, we're just going to go to another planet with this open door and hope they don't eat us there. And well, also, also we it, can't ever get home. It's It seems real like, you know, ripple, like butterfly effect uh, situation where, I don't know, maybe one of the massive infractions they're committing on these like different time and place situations is like gonna fuck up earth when they get home someday i mean that's basically the story of the atlantis the atlanteans um was that they were just bopping around being like nothing bad will ever happen to us until they went to a planet where they are food and then the 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 uh aliens were like wait does this door lead to more food i'm gonna go follow you back through the door and then they went through and just ate all of the people everywhere and uh, so, yeah, basically the story is us opening that door and letting them know Earth exists. And that is hilariously stupid. Well, well, I, when I, they always refer to like the Stargate like a phone, you know, like dial up somewhere to go. And I just kept right. thinking like, imagine if you left your cell phone on an alien planet and then a few thousand years later, someone finds it. And so it's making all these crazy and long just calling whoever, yeah. you know, yeah. and then all of a sudden you get a bill. That's like, wait, someone on Earth is using my old phone? What the fuck? They've been calling who? The Pegasus system? My brand doesn't cover that. (laughs) That's roaming charges. What the fuck? They are roaming, you know? Yeah, that's that's true. true. Um, There is a theory, right? I don't remember exactly what it is, but there's a theory that people, some people have said that we shouldn't be trying to contact alien life because if we oh, yeah. send out radio signals we're basically saying like hey there's food over here yeah, yeah come get us the Stephen yeah. Hawking's thing is that Hawking's like, theory I, well, so I mean, ha- I mean Haw- Hawking's whole thing is just look at the way anytime an advanced human civilization has come across a sort of like more early human civilization yes. what we have done to them uh, and that's what we're basically asking aliens to come do. Like, if an well, alien is going to, I don't think that's true yeah. at all. I think it's like so stupid to be contextualizing aliens based on what we know as people because it's like it, it's so um, it's so solipsistic in terms of what we think other species. Uh, motivate but you don't you don't think that right? it's reasonable to have some caution. I guess like one of the things about humans is we are very easy to kill. We are very oh, particular yeah. about our atmosphere, about our food and water intake, about being stabbed. We yeah, have like this whole thing about not being stabbed. I just I don't think we have anything to offer anyone because of that. Mm-hmm. Well, that's I mean, true for sure. My like I've always kind of just thought that like you know the odds, hopefully like the like sort of like the great filter in like the Fermi paradox sort of line of thinking of like. To get there, hopefully, to be able to like do long intergalactic traveling, you would have to have evolved enough as a species that, like, hopefully, you're not like an imperialistic murder society. But yeah, there's always a chance that, like, that also, is, if you're going to highly, I don't, I don't buy that at all. If you're going to travel through the galaxy, you must have a real reason to want to, and imperialism yeah. is a great reason to want to travel. It's, uh, it's, it's one of the main I, ones. I got into aliens a little bit, and I the thing that I like the most about, 
<laughs> really, like, Waldorf? Tell me more about this. Well, the thing is, it's like they're saying that the way that other species are able to like go from place to place and time, like th- you know, like travel around, is just because they've developed a new level of consciousness that we're capable mm. of, but we're just too like in our own heads to do it. So in reality, all you have to do is just open yourself up to, you know, like being able to contact other things from other places. And it's it's a lot less about like, oh, let's build a spaceship. And yeah, I mean, it's, and it's why like, like the, the film Contact is like the best version of this in terms of, I, like, I think in terms of like human alien interaction, uh, the the. Carl Sagan book and the Zemeckis film Contact is like the best case scenario, but that, I mean, that is exactly like the idea that the signal had been out there for like 60 years. We just didn't, we weren't listening for it. It's like a huge theme of that movie, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think best case scenario though is Cocoon. I don't think that there's any alien setup that is a more perfect blueprint than getting a bunch of Brian Dennehy eggs in a pool and every everyone has a lifetime with a fountain of youth. Cocoon is a uh, perfect I've not seen Cocoon, so I'm sure this is a great oh, joke. We gotta watch Cocoon. <laughs> I can watch Cocoon. We tried watching it this summer. You can't watch it anywhere, but man, it's so good. Um... I am all about that. I think the the best case scenario is Event Horizon. We all die in a blood orgy. Oh, I also love that. I mean, I'm yeah, open to that. Which blood orgy? You know, it, it's just every Thursday night for me. <laughs> we'll put we'll put Cocoon on the uh, on the back burner for having you having you back in yeah, a little while I, and talking about I, it. I think the best case scenario is Men in Black, but that's just because oh, if, yeah. if aliens are going to come. I definitely want Rip Torn to be the main. <laughs> feet on the ground in terms of who's in charge of what i yeah i love i mean man what a delightful movie that that is and also just what a fun version of the world that we could live in ah everything about that's perfect i there's just there's a lot of it's this is what i want whatever it is bureaucracy that's what i like i just want whatever new thing that we find out to be like there's got to be a government agency that's going to have to struggle for it alex (laughs) you know what the difference between you and me is what what I make this look good. (laughs) (laughs) I should have seen that coming, but I was very thrown off. All right, let's get our final thoughts in here for Stargate Atlantis. Um, This is some fun, interesting uh, conversations from the sides. I will just say that I thought this was cheesy, but in a fun, interesting way. I could see people liking it in the same way that I feel like some the others, like, like, um, the the things that bother me about the uh, other sci-fi series that are good. Uh, I still I could see that being like if I can see through it here, if I can get past the Qzar spaceship, mm. I like some things about the the goth fish and I definitely enjoy some of the jokiness. They're, like the thing about them naming new things, fun running gag for me. Got me. I, I was delighted by it. Um, yeah, I thought there was there was some some decent character stuff here and I, I couldn't I can see enjoying it. Did you guys secretly hate it and you're just being nice? Uh, I mean, I did not like it very much, but I will say a nice thing about it. Uh, it w- is not, as far as I can tell, super sexist, which is kind of a big deal for yeah. uh, <laughs> science fiction t- television. So good yeah. on that. That is a, that's a, I mean, not yet anyway. Yeah. I mean, I, it's they just three are, episodes. Who knows? They got a lot before. of time. 
but the horniness like was also a thing that bothered me in the movie where they were just like you show up on a new planet and you're like well they look like people man that's a hot person and that jump to like you're meeting a species from another planet and being like well they look they look humpable yeah. i just don't follow that at all i actually like, you know what scratch it i'm gonna take it back because i'm because <laughs> it does feel the like it's probably going down a, a bad bad path there but yeah i don't i don't know if it is sexist later on but just the way they look at um, i mean cons- compared to star trek which i love so much it's not sexist <laughs> well, I mean, is it- <laughs> compared to sg1 i'm sure it's doing just fine yeah oh, yeah you want to got some more sexism stuff oh my god yeah it's like it's the backbone of the program fine it's funny it's like completely appropriate for exactly what it is but the third episode is all about like a mongolian dad beating women that's like oh great it's so there's so much going on i was so excited to talk uh, to you guys about it well yeah too bad we can't but also this is kind of maybe i don't know this is the right time to pass this on to you phoebe but you are required in order to fill your duties to still go watch uh, stargate atlantis yeah you're on the hook you have to you agreed you just did some extra research but you still have not done your your work here accidentally becoming a stargate scholar and it is you are (laughs) Uh, what a fun thing we've done to you oh boy um I so I, I take it you didn't have a great time with SG one. It was it was a lot of work. <laughs> it was a lot of work. Except for my uh deep excitement for seeing Donna Davis, Major Garland Briggs from Twin Peaks as the main character basically <laughs> in the show. That was He's the main character, is that right? I mean, you know, after Is that what everyone else would say? Was that yeah, that's what everyone would say. He's it okay. is his show in the same way that Joe Croden is a household name. <laughs> the lead character of a thing is not, you know, it's not subjective or it's not objective. You can pick whichever. Yeah, no, there, there's an emotional lead. There's a yeah, um, some, like an eyebrow lead. Some people have great eyebrows. Really takes steals the show. I just love him so much. I, I did a bunch of reading on him. He got his PhD in theater, but he was also like an like a commanding officer in the army. He's just great. And so I got to spend some time with him, and that was really exciting. And other than that, I would just like to move on from this and pretend it never happened. <laughs> <laughs> Anthony, do you have any final thoughts on uh, on Stargate Atlantis? Um, yeah, I, I'm going to kind of echo what everyone has said. I sort of thought, you know, like, uh, I can always get down for sort of a fun sort of episodic monster of the week romp. Um, I do wish that I think a lot of the side characters, so specifically like the sort of nerdy high scientist who's played by a guy named David Howlett, who mm-hmm. made me really want to go back and rewatch Cube because he's the lead in that. And every mm. time I see him, I'd be like, I wonder if Cube's good. Um, but a lot of these, like, I thought he was pretty good. Jason Momoa is obviously super uh, not in the episodes we watched, but very he good. is super not in those episodes. I agree. With that. Super not in those episodes. There's an uh, episode, a character actor named uh, Rainbow Sun Franks in this show, who's the mm-hmm. sort of like the soldier's like second in command, who I thought was really good. My biggest problem is I think oh, that yeah. the yeah. main 
lead, Joe Flanagan, is just like the most boring human being. Well, yeah. this is another thing about the sci-fi budget is that these seemed like sci-fi budget actors. There's like a certain look, I think, of low budget science fiction actors that you get that are just like they're generic. They're like like if they were in your friend circle, they'd be your hottest friend. But you know, for movies, they're like not that hot. And then they're like for for soldiers, they don't look that strong or intense. And for scientists, they don't look that focused or, or or studious. They're just like these are. This is like actors. If you They're need right. actors, these are some yeah, of well, them. You have to look at an actor like this. Look at him deep in the eyes and think like, can I imagine this guy on the con circuit for the next thirty years of his life? <laughs> uh, yes. Yes, I can imagine yeah. Joe, Joe Flanagan on the con circuit, which I'm positive he'd still be doing. Um, <laughs> yeah, if you, if oh, you yeah, I did definitely. notice that if you click through these people, if you like look at, through them on Wikipedia, every one of them, their photo is them speaking at a con panel. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, 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 that's yeah. just that's it's just such a, it's so perfect. Yeah, that's where the real money is. Um, but yeah. I, I do kind of think that like, um, uh, I, I don't really like I said I haven't seen S three one. I was a little disappointed from like a conceptual thing that uh, like I really liked. I do enjoy the movie Stargate, and I, one thing I kind of like about it is sort of like the mystery and the things that aren't answered. I always get bummed out anytime like cool advanced technology comes from like a proto human precursor race. Yeah, you do like, hate that. Well, I just, I just think it's a, a lame storytelling thing when it's right. just like, oh no, they were really advanced humans before us, and they invented all this stuff. I just think it's just like, it just annoys me. I just really hate uh, like precursor and like yeah. ancient races uh, kind of story tropes, and I think that like the fact that not only is Atlantis ancient, not ancient like precursor humans, but like the Stargates. A precursor human technology yeah, as yeah. well. It's, it's now like a different flavor of precursor human, or it might even be the same. I don't remember, but yeah, like, but yeah. In, like in the movie, it's just like you know this weird alien technology these bad guys use. But now it's like no, no, they were the early humans made this before they got wiped out, and now and it's just right. like it just shrinks the universe. I think that kind of writing, mm-hmm. um, and it's just it's always one of my biggest pet peeves. So like just yeah. a few minutes into this, when they're like, "Oh yeah, the Atlantis people, they invented the Stargate when they used to live on Earth," and it's just like, "Oh come on, really?" I, one thing I just want to add, I think it's a great point. One thing I just want to add because we we're talking about um, why this exists uh, for a little while is that the pilot of Stargate Atlantis is the most watched episode of television in the history of Sci Fi Channel. Oh wow, really? that was their, their big... most successful oh, single episode like of television. Right. That's fine. Yeah. Well, yeah. And that's back when they had eyes instead of Y's. So it's like, is it even the same channel? But um, all right, that's where I'm going to end our discussion of Stargate Atlantis. I have one more quick thing I want to do on our way out. And then we will say goodbye to you all. So please stick around for a fun segment. I don't have a name for exactly. I actually do have a name. I forgot about this. Okay, so we're doing um, two new Meat Buddy-based initiatives. Two more things that I wanted I, I um, announced this week to help get people who have donated to the show through our Patreon campaign at Metreon.com um, to get them involved and and uh, to get to be more interactive with you. A couple of new initiatives. Number one is I'm working on a bonus episode, a monthly bonus episode um, that I'm calling uh, Extra Credit. 
where Meat Buddies are going to pick a movie or something like that for me to watch for extra credit. I don't know exactly the form it's going to take. This I haven't discussed this with Anthony and, and Hunter yet. Surprise. I don't know what I'm going to do with it. I just want people to pick something and then I'll figure out how. And I like that. Watch it. But at least I will watch it. And th- there might be a whole episode. Who knows? We'll see. But we're going to there's an extra credit episode. And so that is the Meat Buddies are voting on that. And for this first one, I wanted one more Keanu movie so I could enjoy more Keanu Vember. Um, currently the way the voting stands is that uh constantine and uh the new bill and ted are neck and neck so those are our current top picks it is interesting that i because i've not seen john wick three and i've not seen bill and ted three and i've also not seen matrix three so i could do a whole thing of just keanu's third appearances in a series (laughs) um but uh people like uh, surprisingly, are we very excited about Constantine as well as Bill and Ted? So one of those is going to win, and I will watch it. Uh, maybe involving you guys, depending on whatever his schedule is like. But we'll do a bonus episode about that. But the other initiative that I'm working on for Meat Buddies is something called Infrequently Asked Questions, which is I've enjoyed our Meat Buddy segments when we have a new Meat Buddy and they ask us questions, and so I want to have just like an, a miscellaneous discussion section at the end of the episode at the end of episode sometimes where meat buddies can ask us questions uh and have us discuss them about pretty much anything but the i think the dumber the better that's my leaning i would prefer it not be like really important philosophical conversations although this one definitely is so we're going to start with a very important philosophical conversation this was submitted by nora and i will just remind meat buddies that they can always email me podcast at readdishweek.com for more questions for infrequently asked questions and i'll also have a place for them on patreon going forward nora asks a question inspired by their friend bem uh, asks would you rather have to smell whatever's on your tv screen all the time no opt-out all screens smell like the thing that's happening on them or have one all-purpose hole like a bird all-purpose hole <laughs> <laughs> why, why is that so easy hole. i don't Cause you know, all purpose hole. I don't know what to tell you. I never use <laughs> two of them at the same time. Just use one always, like I, a bird. Does, does the how many smell? purposes are we talking? Because you're saying all purpose hole, and I need to know the upper limit I can here. Think of four. All four. I'm gonna say all four purposes. Yes, yeah, there's, there's number one, there's number two, there's sex stuff, and then there's eggs. Talking. Mm. But we're not like, oh, and no, talking. Wait, no, 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 no. This is all purpose hole like a bird. Is talking one of the features? I do not hole? believe that that um, birds uh, talk out of their cloaca, no. No, it's like a bird, so I think it's just like... Oh, know. I'm sorry. I, I sort of missed that part, I guess. Yeah, all purpose hole like a bird. Yeah, if this is <laughs> one all purpose hole, then no way. There's no way you want to have the out and the was in, like, in the same hole. And you hole. think with it, and you touch with it. <laughs> sort of like an elephant trunk yeah (laughs) i yeah if it's really just combining two lower holes that's maybe not that big of a deal i mean the thing about birds though is they can't really control when they poo they just it just happens while you're out and about which would be inconvenient is that part of the deal but i I sort of assume well if you have the one hole it probably doesn't have the same it wouldn't have the same like waiting room let's consider this real quick because you guys all jumped on the hole and the to me the hole is it's a downside it's not a huge downside well that's what i'm trying to figure out is how big of the downside i I think it's just kind of mostly downside and let's and we're ignoring the fact that smell-o-vision will be good Plenty of the time, y'all. It's not going to be bad. It's like you just watch stinky stuff all the time. That's what I'm trying to figure out. So the smell-o-vision scenario, that's what caught my attention. One, is the smell coming out of your TV, or is it like 
something you have to like pit in front of your face. So here's the way it is worded is what, as it appears on the screen, you smell it, no opt out. So that makes it seem like it's not coming from the TV. It's maybe like immediate or it's an implant in your nose or something, oh, but there's no get, getting like, away with it. Can I get like 5.1 smell? Can I get like Dolby Atmos smell? Yeah, yeah, I would yeah, think, yeah, yeah. You, know? yeah you would, it would be sort of 3D smell where it's like, if you're like looking into a scene and you see something at the end, you'd smell that. In the distance, we'd have a closer smell on your left and right nostrils. Yeah, for sure. Watching, I'd watch a lot more binging with Babish on YouTube. Uh, I feel like you'd watch a lot less of like medieval like shows. There'd be like Game of Thrones type shows where it's like horses and shit. No, no one is watching a show before people showered. Is somebody like mixing the smell in terms of like the way you do sound mixing? No, or it's got to be magic. Like, come on, wait, come I mean, on, Anthony. Assume, it's got to yeah, be yeah, magic. Let me, let me finish. Fuck. <laughs> you just want to give someone else another bullshit Oscar. No, but I want an or was it like the set, the smell that was captured on set? You know what I mean? Like, am I am, when I'm watching Game of Thrones? Am I smelling? Uh, medieval fantasy world, or am I smelling a soundstage in Pinewood? Ooh, That's what I want. Great question. I think that yeah. is a good question. Either way, what it's magic on the screen. I think it's all like implanted. You know what I mean? So wait, no, say that. Say it again. So I think it's like, I think it's stuff that's put on the screen. It's like attached intentionally to what the so mixed images yeah and then it's like implanted in your head so yeah, I, I never I, want to watch that one scene in like slumdog millionaire when he's in the 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 pool of shit yeah uh, no, you definitely don't you know, like, either whether yeah you can't watch a terry gilliam movie ever again that's for sure <laughs> <laughs> i um but you could like I mean, it would just so here's the thing about this though because you control what's on the screen but the screen controls what you smell you you would just it would just change your media consumption. You could just like watch a lot more chopped yeah. and Iron Chef and just like enjoyable so smells. Awful. You know what doesn't sound bad? One hole. <laughs> well, I <laughs> let's caveat everything just going out of the same general zone with the same general thing. So here's my only thought on one hole okay. is if if you're doing it. If, if it, let's just say it's our, it's as, as if our two holes merge and they are the same function now. It just means that there's just more poop on everything else you're doing. Yeah. Well, here's my question. Okay, here. So, if my two holes become one hole, do I get to keep my penis? Like, am I gonna have my penis and then I'll just ejaculate uh, out of a separate hole? Like, I assume you're else? picking which hole you're sticking with, right? Just oh, so you might poop out of your dog. No, birds just smash them together. So you you don't get like a like a ornamental penis, right? So we're just all uh, like I mean, this actually does kind of make some of the the uh, gender binary less important yeah, I mean, in a way. It'd be really will. helpful. It yeah, fuck it. Find find some way to fuck that. up. <laughs> yeah, you know, we'd still fuck it up. But yeah, I think everyone has the same cloaca, and you just smush yeah, them together. Exactly. Yeah. Well, we know which one J.K. Rowling would pick. Uh, <laughs> i really quick aside about jk rowling is i'm trying to reread i'm rereading the first harry potter um in spanish as a as an exercise to try to get better spanish 
And it is, it's very slow going, but it's fun. But when you spend a lot of time looking up words, you do, you like, you're like bathing in the language a little more, I think, than you would if you're just reading it for fun. And the first third of the first Harry Potter book is almost exclusively her fat shaming a child. Oh, the, yeah. Like the first of that book is just her talking about how much she hates Dudley's gross neck and how ugly and fat Dudley's yeah. dad is. Oh, and like, beefy, oh, she, weefy. Yeah, she hates that kid. And I don't feel like it's Dudley. This is a Dudley's fault. And, and none of this makes sense to me that you hate Dudley this much. He's a dick. Be mad at him for that, but not for his body. Exactly. Anyway. Yeah. Don't, don't. Yeah, I, I mean, he was a jerk. He's a great I'm taking age. the hole. I'm taking the hole. You've convinced me. I actually think it's just the fun of smushing them together. That's mostly what got me into it. I have to tell you guys, Um, I'm actually a lobbyist for Big Hole. (laughs) 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 Paid cloaca salesman. Amy Bottoms. I like any- Smell-O-Vision. I think, yeah. I think it sounds yeah, fun. I mean, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with Smell-O-Vision and I'm going to invest in those like 4D seats you get at a movie theater yeah. and oh. really make my movie watching as immersive. Do you mean like a, like a Disneyland one where like the bugs touch your butt? No, the ones that kind of rock you around. That, oh, yeah. like yeah, a motion yeah. theater. Oh, yeah. Okay. yeah. All right, man. I just realized once I get smell of vision, there's going to be like movie, like I'm going to be talking to people like, you know, I didn't like a lot of it, but it had a lot of really good smells. That was just like kind of a general. The plot wasn't great, but man, those that flat, the field of flowers they walked through was incredible. Yeah. I like that a lot. I I think that is fun. I think that is the better answer for your lives to be better. But one hole is just a fun, fun choice. Alex, I, yeah, I, I like the I like the anarchy of fun hole. Let's go. Yeah, one let's hole go, is it it's fun difficult. to just say one hole at people. It's kind of, it's like fake news. It's just fun to say, you know. <laughs> We're just walking around chanting one hole, one hole, one hole. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, think, I like that I think, a lot. I think it changes the answer. Like what holes you're actually stuck with during your life. For me, it's just like let's just streamline the whole situation. You guys don't really have a lot of like hole experience. Yeah, we're we <laughs> yeah, are less experienced about hole like, for sure. Hole novices. So yeah, anyway. <laughs> definitely a whole novice. I'll, I'll... Maybe yeah, maybe it's not as great as I think it is, but it's the only thing I know. No, I'm, I think it's, it's, a, it's a reckless it's choice that I'm appreciate. All right. Well, thank you so much, Nora and, and uh, uh, Bem, was it? I believe for um, suggesting this question. And uh, we, we look forward to more uh, infrequently asked questions coming from our Patreons. You can send us an email or you can do, their, do it on our Patreon page. And if you would like to submit for this segment, please become a, a Patreon at metreon.com. And we really appreciate everybody who keeps us uh, limping down the tracks. And we really, really appreciate Shannon for sponsoring this episode and um, these two episodes for this two-part series for sending us down this uh, Stargate one hole and uh, <laughs> uh, teaching us all about this moist planet of Atlantis. And just, um, yeah, what an interesting adventure that Phoebe's not going to remember, but I am for sure. Uh, I... Sorry. That was it for our show. Please get in here, Phoebe. That was a lot of fun. Oh, good. I had a I had a good time too. I'm glad you guys all could so, all be here. I'm so sorry I fucked up. But... No, it's you know what? There's almost nothing more fun than somebody blowing it really hard on the show. Um, so especially and... out of the one hole, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what if your one hole's on your back like a whale? Okay, never mind. Um, all right. Um, so anyway, enough. Segment's over. So uh, <laughs> we're gonna be back again next week. 
Um, oh, also, I should say, if you want to sponsor an episode where it's a less formal application system, just send us an email if you have an inquiry. If you have something you want us to watch, although you can also, if you're a, a Metreon, you can also jump in and uh, suggest movies for the bonus content. So, however you want to control our adventure, you can be more involved. Now, um, we'll be back next week. Next week, I like keeping some. Sometimes I keep these a secret from Anthony and Hunter. Not always, but sometimes I do. This is a big one. Next week. We're going to see all nine helicopters. I can't believe you brought this up, Anthony. Next week, we're watching Apocalypse Now. Oh, heck yeah. I was just going to get off and watch it tonight. That's so were fun. You, yeah. Were you really? I've never seen it well, before. When you said it, I was like, tonight, tonight. I'm going to so eat we are- the cake factory and watch Apocalypse Now. <laughs> God damn it. I can't tell if you're kidding. No, so I'm we're going to watch... Um, you know uh, Grant Lyon, Phoebe, I assume. Yeah. Um, LA comic. Grant, Grant is a uh, is a history buff, uh, a history major, and uh, Grant has a new uh, card game that he helped make, a, a board game that he helped make that is coming out in a couple weeks. So he's going to come here and talk talk to us about it. And uh, the thing he feels the worst about not having seen with his history experience is Apocalypse Now. And I wanted to see it anyway because I've been thinking a lot about Vietnam, and so I'm finally going to get to do my opening thoughts on my Vietnam documentary that I watched now a couple months ago. So this is all built th- every week. You guys were like, I don't get this joke at all. It's been building to our scheduled episode about Apocalypse there Now. There we go. Do you see it? I told you this would pay off. I don't know if I it's like worth it. it, but it did pay off eventually. And, um, are we all watching the theatrical cut? Let's not do Redux. I don't want to watch. Uh, I, I mean, this is, we hadn't discussed this. It's up to you. What do you? Longer version. No, for sure not. I like theatrical a lot of the time, but I'm open to suggestions. Well, I mean, there's like multiple, multiple cuts of Apocalypse Now. Well, that's why I like theatrical cut. One, one of the reasons is because there's only the one of it. Whereas if you get into extra stuff, you're like, now there's 20 different options. Well, can I get you? I mean, we'll talk about it. I'm sure, but have Hunter, have you ever seen House of Darkness? Yeah, I have seen it. About making Apocalypse Now. No, interesting. It, I genuinely believe it's a much better film than Apocalypse Now. Is. And I, like, <laughs> I like Apocalypse Now. Interesting. The, the journey of making Apocalypse Now is the craziest thing to ever happen in movies. It's amazing. It's the craziest I thing to ever happen in movies. Now, for me, is just a way to watch Heart of Darkness, to be honest with you. <laughs> like, I'm excited about watching that then all right actual movie. yeah uh, i'm excited about this now okay it's it's his wife francis coppola's wife made it she was just candidly shooting but you know if you don't i mean like the it is like it perfectly mirrors the plot of apocalypse now of yeah. this guy who's gonna take a bunch of people in the jungle and lose his mind along the way uh it's, yeah. been, it's phenomenal. I'm it's definitely so going to watch all the I've only seen Apocalypse. This will be my second time watching Apocalypse Now, but I've seen Hearts of Darkness like four or five times. Whoa. Yeah, it's, okay. It's okay. Great. Well, I'm not sure if I'll have time to do both by next week, but I might try. Maybe we should uh, do, maybe the maybe the next episode should be Hearts of Darkness because I would hey, love to watch it again. Yeah. Let's do that. What a smart way to do this. Um, all right, cool. So we're going to have a two episode Vietnam rock. That's a good that's a good film school way of doing it too. So mm-hmm. we get to like actually talk about the filmmaking process. All right, this is how, ha- for the listeners at home, um, if you wanted to know about like what goes on behind the scenes, there's nothing. We only talk when we're recording it. This is our only meeting. Uh, so you just heard us decide how to schedule an episode. So that will be coming out after this cool. one. Cool, very excited one. about that. 
Yeah. What a great idea. All right, cool. So we'll be back in with that next week. Thank you so much for joining us, Phoebe. It's always great to talk to you. Phoebe Bottoms on social media. Thanks, everybody. Good luck uh, on the next 10 states you live in. Thanks for being (laughs) here, Anthony Lopez. Thank you for having me. It's a lot of fun. And Hunter Donaldson. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Good luck with uh, uh, with your charity. Uh, or not, you know, this is a representing your country. Good luck representing your country this yeah. week. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, USA. America owes you a debt of gratitude for how well you play Twilight Imperium this week. And if you lose, just say the game was rigged and that uh, you demand a recount. <laughs> That's way to do it. Yeah. That joke will definitely make you uh, very popular among your international cohorts. All right, we'll talk to everyone <laughs> next week. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Bye.